like you to turn to 1 Kings 19. And today's the last part. Boo-hoo. The final part of this series on Elijah. And as you heard earlier, embarrassingly, I've enjoyed this series just as much as you have. <laughs> 1 Kings 19. We read this last week, verses 15 to 16. And then we're going to go on to verse 19. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go, return on your way to the desert of Damascus. When you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. And anoint uh, Jehu, says the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Snapchat, of Abel Mahola. <laughs> and it was funny last week, so you can laugh again, all right? Uh, just, the old ones are the best. Um, Abel Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place down to verse uh, 19 so he departed from there and he found Elisha the son of the son of the son of Snapchat who was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen before him and he was with the 12th yoke of oxen then Elijah passed him by and he threw his mantle on him and he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and said please let me kiss my father and mother um, obviously they didn't have coronavirus then uh, let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you and so Elisha turned back from him. Sorry, he said, go back again. What have I done to you? And Elisha turned back from him. He took the yoke of oxen and he uh, slaughtered them. He barred their flesh using the, uh, the oxen's equipment. And he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and he followed Elijah and he became his servant. Amazing passage of scripture. We're going to start there. Then I'm going to go to um, the time where... There is a transference of the mantle. Today I want to talk about press in and pick up and put on the mantle that God has for you. It's going to be exciting today. Why Elisha? Why Elisha? Why did God choose Elisha? Well, the Bible doesn't really tell us, but obviously he had something going for him. You know, to follow on from Elijah, who was just out of this world. I mean, the guy saw the first, the first person raised from the dead, the first time the fire fell, the first time anybody changed the weather. This was a man of firsts. He couldn't go back and say, well, you did it. For them, God, you're going to do it again. This was a man who pushed out. And you know when you push into firsts and you're really you know, out there, you're just standing on the word of God. You've got to know that you've heard God. You've got to be confident in your relationship with God. And you've got to press in even though there is no evidence that you're believing something that's going to happen. But you have the word of God, which the Bible says, which lives and abides forever. But there is one thing it does tell us about Elisha. It says he was from the field of dancing. And the Bible didn't put anything insignificant in the Bible. That, that name, Abel Mahola, um, is the field of dancing. The field of dancing. There was something about this man who knew how to rejoice. There was something about this man. It was in him. It was his identity. This is a man... No matter what's going on, you're going to see him dancing. No matter what's going on, you're going to see him rejoicing. We know he was a faithful man. If you're out there with 12 yoke of oxen, that's 24 ox. I wouldn't want to try and control one of them. Do you know what I mean? These things are monsters. And he's got 24 of them out there in a, in a line. 24 yoke of oxen and they were in pairs. And he was there behind the 12th. With a hand plow. 
I mean, you can, you can, you can destroy concrete with that thing. Not just a tough field. The, the, the strength in the man. The confidence, the something that says, come on, let's, let's do this. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, a couple of ox here. No, let's have 24 of them. If you're going to do the job, then let's do this thing. I mean, what a great attitude he had to struggle with that and to, and to be faithful with that. And, you know, to be someone who, who um, plows a field, that's not a casual thing. That's something that takes your life. Out there, no matter what the weather, no matter what's going on, no matter what state the ground is in, you're out there and you're into produce. You're into, you know, producing something. You want to see something produced. I love that heart. There isn't anything else we know about him. Had he ever prophesied? We don't know. How strong was his relationship with God at this point? I don't know. But God said, that's your man. And so Elijah... I don't know if he knew him or not, but he went and found him. And the Bible says he found Elisha, who was playing with the 12 yoke of oxen. And as he passed by him, he threw his mantle upon him. Threw his mantle upon him. His cloak. There's Elijah. He's found Elisha. There's Elisha in the middle of work. See, sometimes we think we've got to be in the middle of prayer. Sometimes we think we've got to be in the middle of a worship time for God to do something impactful in our lives. No, the, the thing that we need to be in is in tune. Some people think, well, God can't use me because I'm at work. That's the very place God does want to use you. It's the very place that God does want to throw his mantle upon your life. Who wants to be my Elisha today? Arnie, come on up here. You're sitting there looking hungry. You know what I looked for? I looked for someone hungry. Come on up here. Pretend you're plowing. Just sort of stand there and, and plow. Okay, we need 24 oxen. No, I'm not going there. So he's plowing. I'm not going there. So there's Elijah, and he sees him, and he comes past him, and he throws his mantle on him, and he just carries on. Doesn't stand and have a conversation with him, and he just keeps moving. He just keeps walking. He just keeps walking. And, and he shouts back and he says, I'll follow you anywhere, but I've just got to go. I've just got to go to my parents' place and kiss them goodbye and all the rest of it. And Elijah says, what have I done to you? What have I done to you? You can stop plowing now. You're pretty overwhelmed now. You're like amazed. It's like, wow. I'm just, wow, what's happened to me? And this is a life-changing moment. Life-changing moment for Arnie here. And he said, <laughs> so Elijah says, what have I done to you? And he goes, he doesn't answer the question, but obviously he's been incredibly impacted. You can put your hands down. He's been incredibly impacted. You'll get cramped. You'll be incredibly, uh, in, incredibly impacted from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we sang earlier, I'll never be the same. We sang that. Very easy to sing words like this. But this was a time when Elisha said, I will never be the same. I will never be the same. 
Now, how I live my life is I don't know when those moments will happen. You don't know. He wasn't out there going, now today's the day, today's the day, today's the day. He had no idea, but when it came, he knew it. And how I live my life, how I, every worship time, every prayer meeting, I'm of the mind, this could be it. Not always thinking, oh, you know, carrot on a stick. There's something else, there's something else. No, very content with my relationship with God. But you know what? The Bible says that we've got to be open and we've got to be in tune. Who knows what God wants to do? I've been in services, I've been in, in times on my own when God does something completely different from what I was expecting and it is a time of I'm never the same again. It could be one word. But here, it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, Elisha was so hungry that the instant he was touched with the mantle, yes, there was a supernatural impartation without a doubt. But he walked straight into a new commitment. Straight into a new commitment. His life had been absorbed by plowing. And when this happened... His highest priority was to go back and make sure the family was okay, fed them, killed, you know, said, guys, this is it. This is a new life for me. Everything changes today. He put the old life behind him, and from this point on, he stuck like glue to Elijah. Now, this is not the language we would normally use in our day and age, and we're not talking about people here, but this is a principle in the Holy Spirit. This is a principle in God. It says, Elijah became the servant of Elijah. See, there's got to be decisions in our lives that I'm a son who chooses to serve. When I am born again, I'm not born again into servitude. I'm born again into sonship. But to say Jesus is Lord means he's boss, I'm not. And when we say, God, what do you want? My will, your will, not my will be done. I'm not a servant of God. I'm a son of God. But from that place of honor and privilege and priority with God, I can call him Abba Father. He's, he's, my, he's my partner. He's my covenant friend. He's my almighty God, but Jesus is my Lord. And I say, hey, mate, how's it going? No, it's Lord Jesus, your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life. I know it's a prayer to the Father, but you get it. And Elisha from this moment served Elijah. He didn't say, well, I'll see you at the weekends. He didn't say, I'll give you an hour a day. His whole life was absorbed now by his relationship. Something impacted his life so powerfully that he was never the same again. And if you've once tasted the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying when your life is never the same again. Something explodes. Something touches your life. I'm not going to be lukewarm anymore. I'm not going to be half-hearted anymore. 
I'm going to be sold out to my relationship with God. Sold out to this intimacy with this mantle that I didn't, I've never experienced this before. Elisha arrived into Elijah's life about 14 years into Elijah's ministry. And there was this overlap going on. From this point on, or from the time of the transfer of the mantle, and Elijah goes, Elisha led the school of the prophets for 16 years. He performed twice as many signs and wonders as Elijah did. Twice as many. He did all the ones of Elijah and he did them twice and some other ones. Even after he had gone to be with the father, he died, he was put into a grave. This man was so anointed, was so under the power of the Holy Spirit that he was in the grave, been there for a long time, there was stuff going on. And somebody threw somebody, or they went, they threw a dead body down into Elisha's grave. And the man was raised from the dead. And they didn't do it by faith, they were escaping, and they just, you know, th- that was it. And this guy was raised from the dead just by the presence of God that was upon Elisha's dead body. See, the power of the Holy Spirit wants to settle upon our lives in the most amazing way. It has always been God's will for the next generation to be more powerful than the preceding one. That's on my notes. There it is. It has always been God's will Let that sink in. It's always been God's will for there to be an increase. Even the Lord Jesus himself said, ones coming after me are going to do greater works than I've ever done. Things don't reduce, they increase. See, God wants us to press in. He wants us to pick it up. And he wants us to put on the mantle that he has for us. In Jesus' name. Now, towards the end, you can stay there. That's great. (laughs) No, he wouldn't have stood like that. He's hungry and passionate. He's pressing in. That's it. (laughs) Towards the end, Elijah asks Elisha. Lots gone on. I haven't got time today for the whole thing. Read it yourself. If you go over to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, after they cross over the Jordan... They're going together, stuck like glue. Elisha will not leave Elisha, Elijah. Even when everyone's trying to persuade him, leave Elijah, leave Elijah. Elijah himself is saying, leave me. And Elijah's going, no, I'm not leaving. And so Elijah, after they'd crossed over the Jordan, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you, Elisha, before I'm taken away from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. What an attitude. What a passion. 
So Elijah says, you've asked a difficult thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it will not be so. And then it happened as they continued on and they talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah went up by a, a storm or a whirlwind, fire and wind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. And he saw him no more. But when he took hold, sorry, and he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two pieces. And he also uh, took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from Elijah as he went up. And he went back and he stood on the bank of, of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when it struck the water, it divided this way and that way. This is what Elijah had done just a few minutes earlier. And Elisha crossed over. Turn to someone and say, press in. Pick up. Put on. This is the most amazing passage of Scripture. It's easy to read this as a story and just, and just think, oh yeah, what a nice story. But the Bible says everything we read is for us to learn something and get hold of something. I don't read this and go, wasn't that great for Elisha? I read this and I go, God, I want a double portion of whatever I've got now. And I want a double portion of whatever you can give me. I want, load me up, God. Load me up. You see, some people are happy with what got thrown on them a few years ago. Some people are happy with what happened in the past. See, but Elisha, even though he had had the mantle and then, of course, Elijah got it back again because that's the same mantle that fell down. See, but Elisha was passionate. He said, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Now, I'm, I'm a faith guy. I absolutely believe the word of God that says I'm, I'm already filled. I'm already anointed. You can't get twice as much of God. If you, you know, but I'm not going to get into the theology of this, but I want to deal with the passion of it. God, come on, I just, Lord. More, Lord. I'm filled with your love, but I want to pour out more love. I'm filled with your spirit, but I want to pour out more spirit. I'm filled with grace, but I want to live in more grace. Lord, let there be a double portion. And I know we can get into scriptural example. I could do you a big teach on the double portion. And instead of your shame, you'll have double honor. I can go through all of that stuff. But you know what? We can know it theologically and not be a, 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 just be a damp squib in a, on a Sunday morning. And God says, come on, cry out for this thing. Push in, press in. Don't just think it's all going to come on you. When he'd been touched with the mantle and the mantle was on him, his life was changed. No more plowing, no more distraction, no more lukewarmness, no more half-heartedness. He said, I'm going to stick to you, Elijah, like glue. You dropped the mantle. I've got the mantle back, actually. Sorry, I get my mantle back. I get my mantle back. Sorry, you can have it again later. You can have it again later. Thank you very much. Stick, stick like glue. Leave me alone. No. Stay there because I'm going somewhere else. 
No. What you, leave me alone. No, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. There's something about a partnership which is unstoppable. Joshua and Moses. Oh, there's so much I could say about this. How did Elisha get the double portion? How did this happen? Well, I got a few things today. Number one, Elisha refused to stay in a place called Gilgal. See, at the end of the life, God had spoken that Elijah was going to go. That's it. He's going up in the chariot. Elijah knew this. Elisha knew this. And so they're at this place called Gilgal. This is just in a paraphrase now. And Elijah says, leave me alone. You stay here. I'm going. And Elisha says, I'm not leaving. I'm not staying here in Gilgal. What does Gilgal speak to us about? It speaks of, of the previous, of, of victories that we've had. If you go back to the book of um, Joshua, every time they defeated a king or a group of kings, they went back to Gilgal. It was the place of celebration. It was the place of we are victorious, we're unstoppable, rah, 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 this is great, this is great, this is awesome, Gilgal. It's the place of the covenant, it means circle. There's, there is so much about this and you'd think that's exactly the place where Elisha should stay, right there in Gilgal, the place of the promise, the place of the covenant, the place of circumcision, the place of all this amazing stuff going on. But Elisha would say, I'm not leaving Elijah. That may be a place of past victories, but I know what I'm after. So many people live in past victories. Come to church and we are the church and we, hallelujah, God, you're great, you're great, you're great. And the cloud's moving and we're still, and we're still doing it like it was last year. Five years ago. And God's saying the cloud's moving, the pillar of fire's moving. There goes the mantle, it's going over there. And we're still here in Gilgal going, oh, thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you for your covenant. Thank you. All good stuff. But we've got to keep in step with the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm not going to stay remembering past greatness. I'm going to go and get new victories. If he had stayed in old victories, he never would have done anything under the new anointing that he was moving into. Wouldn't have happened. Would have stayed in Gilgal. See, we got to press in and pick it up and put it on. Number two, how did Elisha get the double portion? Well, after they've left the Gilgal area and they're on the road and they come to a place called uh, Ethel which is the house of God. Great place. Wow, this is where, as it were, God lived. This is where the, there was an open heaven and the Jacob's ladder and angels coming up and down. He called that place the house of God. I mean, just the most amazing things going on. But Elisha refused to stay there. If you read the passage, it's really quite sad. They say, do you know your, 
you know, Elijah's going to be taken away today. All the sons of the prophets are all there. Do you know Elijah's going to be taken away today? And he goes, yeah, shut up. Don't talk about it. You see, it had become a place of compromise. The very house of God had become a place of compromise. Tragically. It's a place where they knew information, but they weren't in the spirit. And different things had started, compromise had started. They, yeah, all these guys were studying the scriptures, schools of the prophets, but they'd not handed it on to a new generation. And the church should never be a place where we just get fed. It's got to be a place where we pour out to a new generation. Oh, yeah, great preaching, great preaching. Who are you giving it to? Who are you passing it on to? Not about a message, let me preach another message. But who are you passing on your life to? After they crossed over the Jordan and Elisha comes out, I'll be Elisha now, and he smashes it and he says, where's the God of Elijah? And he walks through the first place he goes back to because God says, you know, I want you to go back. And so he goes back to all the different places that he said, I'm not staying in now. And he goes back and he changes every one of them. And he goes to this place first. He goes to uh, Ethel and all the young people come out and they start to make fun of him. But this is where the house of God is. This is the school of the prophets and yet a whole generation had been lost because the prophets weren't passing on what they had. Wow. And we think it's really serious. So, you know, Elijah, sorry, Elisha, he curses them. Out come two bears and 42 young people get mauled. People go, wow. You know what he did? He dealt with the compromise. And I'm not getting into mauling kids, all right? That's not what we're saying. <laughs> but once he had the mantle, he went back and he set the house of God in order. In order. No more compromise. No more, no more. You know, the Bible says don't grieve, don't quench or resist the spirit. Don't just make fun of the presence of God. Don't be casual with, the, with what God is doing in his kingdom. It's so easy, we live in such a sarcastic generation, such a generation that just wants to undermine and cheapen. And I'm not talking about how we relate and, you know, titles and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about how we honour the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's make sure sure that we honour His presence. And that we're training our kids to honour His presence. That we value the presence of God and we have a, a, a really good and a godly, not a religious, but a godly fear of the Holy Spirit and of the presence of God. Go on up, you baldy. Go on up, you baldy. Just something, these are kids having a laugh. And yet they were mauled. We've got to honor the Holy Spirit and the moving of God. Turn to someone and say, press in. Pick up. Put on. on. Number three. How else did Elisha get this? He refused to stay in a place called Jericho. Now that name means a pleasant place. Good place to stay. You alright there? Good, fantastic. Pleasant place to stay. But it had become a desert. A barren place. 
It had become a place that its name and its character were now different. Its name meant pleasant place, but it was barren. Why was it? It's because there was a deadly river that was going through Jericho. Deadly. In it, it actually had, it had stuff in it that would kill you. Now these sons of Jericho, Elisha comes back after he's, after he's got the mantle and he goes back to Jericho and again the sons of the prophets go, we want to go find Elijah. We want to go. It's changed. He's gone. Yeah, but we want to go and find him. We want to go back to a past move. We want to go back. We're, this is hero worship now. It's all about Elijah. Elijah, we love Elijah. Yeah, we can see the spirits on you, Elisha. They say this, I'm paraphrasing everything here. We can see the spirit of God is upon you, Elisha, but we want to bring back Elijah. They won't transition. They won't change. They want the old. And so he says, don't bother. Don't go. You won't find him. And they go, no, we're going to send 50 guys and we're going to go and find Elijah. We're going to spend our effort. Instead of going after God, we're going to go and try and find a Elijah. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has put him down somewhere. I mean, this is nutty. So they go out and they come back and they couldn't find him. And Elisha said, I told you not to go. What a waste of time. Isn't it easy to waste your time trying to find stuff that God says move on? God says move on. May have worked then, but I'm doing something different now. And then they say, as you're here, Elisha, can you do us a favor? We got a problem. We got a, a deadly you know, situation here. And he agrees. He first of all corrects them. He says, you shouldn't have done what you were doing. And then he says, I'll heal your water for you. And he says, I want to have a new bowl and fill it with salt. And then he gets the new bowl that's full of salt and he pours it into the river and he heals the river. His first miracle apart from the Jordan. Amazing, absolutely amazing. What's that all about? How do you deal with the deadness and the dryness of a situation that's supposed to be in full flood? How do you deal with a land that's completely barren and it's supposed to be a pleasant place? I mean, obviously, I can be speaking here about our generation and about people's lives. I hope I'm not talking about the church, not our church, but the church, that it's supposed to be in full flood and it's become dry and dead. But that's what had happened here to Jericho. But he didn't just pour it into the stream. It says he went and found the source of the stream. Where's this coming from? And he goes all the way back to the source of the river. That's where he pours in out of a new bowl the salt and he heals and he, and he cleanses the stream. You see, a clean vessel is a powerful thing. A clean vessel is a powerful thing. We talk about 
new wine skins. New wine into new wine skins. And there's, there's so many things we could talk about. The Bible says we are now vessels of gold and silver and precious stones, not wood, hay and straw. We're vessels of honour, not vessels of dishonour. And there's so many scriptures we could, we could throw in here. But again, I'm not dealing with, with like a, you know, a doctrine today. I'm dealing with a passion. How clean's your vessel? Is it a nice, new, clean vessel? His mercies are new every morning. Get clean every day. Doesn't mean to say we come to Christ every day and we get born again again. But it means every day, come on. Just God, just clean me. Wash me out. Make me new. All over again. Any attitudes, any unforgiveness, any unbelief, any sin, any weights, any distractions. God, wash me again. Wash me again. You see, it's only a new bowl that's going to deal with the problem. It's only a clean new bowl. And the salt, I mean, it speaks of so much. If salt loses its saltiness, it won't do anything. I mean, there's so many things we could go to here. You are the salt of the earth. Let's be a clean vessel full of salt as we go out of this place today. Let's be a clean vessel full of influence. Let's call it influence. Salt, what does that mean? Does that mean I go around shouting hallelujah? No, it just means to say everywhere you go, you make a difference. Everywhere you go, you love somebody that everybody else is criticizing. Everywhere you go, you accept somebody that's an outcast. Everywhere you go, you lay hands on the sick and they recover when they were terminal. I mean, whatever it is, come on. It's clean vessels full of the salt the salt of the kingdom of God. <coughs> Turn to someone and say, press in. Pick up. Put on. See, Elisha said, give me a double portion. I am hungry for the anointing. He's still hungry over here. Now, Elijah says this the band up in just a minute just wait a second <coughs> he said if you see me when I'm taken away from you you'll get the anointing if you don't see me when I take when I'm gone you get nothing now okay really does all this come down to what he sees really is God that fickle there is a better understanding of that verse because if you look back into the Hebrew, all the, all, the, all the things that are added into that verse to make it say that are not actually there. You know what it really means? If you see me as gone from you. If you see me as gone from you. Every time a person identifies that who they've been dependent on has gone, that person moves into a new day in their own life. Every day, every time. What did God say to Joshua? Moses is dead, your turn. What did God say to Isaiah? Well, not God say to Isaiah, but in the, at the time King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. You see, when we're dependent on a man, male or female, we will never walk in the fullness of what God has for us. And Elijah was saying, 
when you realize I'm gone, that you're not dependent on me anymore, you're going to walk in a new anointing. You're going to walk in a double portion. Something is going to explode in your life. We can say it like this. It's your turn now, Elisha. It's your turn now. So there they are. He's stuck. I'll just put this over me. He's stuck like glue. Stick like glue. They've gone through the Jordan. They've gone through the house of God. They've gone to Jericho. And then all of a sudden, the fire of God comes. The chariots of God comes. Divides these guys. The mantle falls on the floor. Elijah has gone. Elijah's gone. He grabs the mantle. He has it in his hands. He goes up and strikes the Jordan. Now, come on, let's, let's do this. Smack that. Fantastic. Let's, let's smack that in case we spill the water and we knock my glasses off. And smack that. And there's something passionate coming out of him. Where's the God of Elijah? Let's do it again. Go again. That's all right. We're good. We're good. This is awesome. Go it again. Go it again. Where's the God of Elijah? He's grabbed it. Elijah's gone. Elijah's gone. This is now. This is now Elisha. He's awesome. This is now Elisha. Elijah's gone. He's got a new revelation. I'm not getting this from Elijah anymore. I'm getting it from the God of Elijah. From the, I've only ever received from Elijah till this point. Where's Elijah? Where's Elijah? Where's, he, where's Pastor Jay? Where's Pastor Jay? Somebody apparently came down the front the other day, and this is not a criticism, but just as a great example, having a healing line. Somebody said, no, I only want the pastor to lay hands on me. Tough. I ain't doing it. It's God who's healing. It's not Pastor Jay. It's God. Where's the God of Elijah? And he's not, and he's not saying, where's, where's Elijah? Where's Elijah? Where's Elijah? No, he's got a mind shift. He's got a brain shift. He's got a, he's, he's got a focus shift. Up till this point, it's where's Elijah? Now it's where's God? Where's the God of Elijah? I know who my source is from this point on. I know who my source is. I know who my, who my empowering comes from. You see, he didn't stay in Bethel because he had nothing to give Bethel. He couldn't deal with the compromise before. He just followed Elijah around. He didn't stay in Jericho and heal the waters because he had nothing to give Jericho. He had nothing to give the waters. He would have said, Elijah, you do it. Elijah, you do it. Elijah, you do it. But now he's the man. Now he's the prophet. Now he's the one with the mantle upon his life. Let's have the band up. You're part of the band. Go for it, band. As we close today, when we pick up the mantle, what are we picking up? Elijah's mantle is the mantle, number one, of empowered to go through. Empowered to go through. Elijah, he went through the drought, just like everybody else did. But he had provision. Why? Because of the mantle. He went through the fire like everybody else did. 
Fire, what fire? You know what the Bible says? When the fire fell, he drew near to where the fire was going to fall. Man, if you get even close to the fire of God, you're going to get singed. See, God's a God who wants to put you in the fire, but not burn you up. He went through the fire. And then he went through the flood. There was a flood when the heavens opened. The rain stopped people moving. Some people want to go from the drought to the flood, the good flood. You'll never get from the drought to the flood until you've gone through the fire. And that's the thing people don't want to do. Going through a time of purifying, going through a time of of, of being set alive again. What an amazing mantle it is. Those who wear the mantle come out the other side in victory. The mantle. What's the second thing about the mantle? Elijah's mantle is the mantle of the God of the impossible. It means that you live in the realm of only God. What realm do I live in? I I question myself sometimes. Only God is the realm I want to live in. Only God could do that. Only God could move that. Only God could say that. Only God could bring that. Only God could turn that around. Are we getting anything out of this today? Only God can raise the dead. Only God can bring abundance. Only God can pour out fire. Only God can restore someone to be better than you. Only God can heal a body from terminal disease. Only God can deliver somebody from a cursed lifestyle. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Only God has love which casts out fear. I want to live in the realm of only God. The realm of only God, not in the realm of where it might have happened anyway. I want to live in the realm of God who's shown himself strong and done the impossible and done things which nobody else can work out, fathom out. Just go, how did the wonder, 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 how did that? Because we serve the God of the only God, the God of the impossible, the God of the impossible. today let's stand to our feet today it's the mantle of what God starts the devil cannot stop man not long before this there was a witch who said to Elijah we've dealt with Jezebel you know what I'm talking about She said, within 24 hours, you're going to be dead. And we know the story. I preached all this in the series. See, some people ask the question, why did Elijah get gone in a chariot? Why did that happen? When this hit me the other day, it just exploded. 
It's because God will always show himself strong. The enemy said, I'm going to kill you within 24 hours. So God says, you know what I'm going to do? This is going to be the only guy who never dies. <laughs> Boom! He didn't die in 24 hours. He didn't die in one week. He didn't die in one year. He didn't die in a thousand years. He didn't die in five thousand years. He's never died. He was translated. God said, I'll show you death. cannot stop. Those, those who wear the mantle are unstoppable. When the devil says, I'm going to cause you to go into poverty, God says, right, I'm going to deal with this. You're going to walk in such abundance. He wishes he'd never opened his mouth. When the enemy says, when the enemy says, when the enemy says, go to my mind. When the enemy says, I'm going to kill you with the disease. Your dad had it. Your grandparents had it. It's in your genes. It's in your inheritance. I'm going to kill you with that thing. God says, you know what? This one is prime for walking in divine health because the devil will wish he never tried to kill this one. I says your parents got divorced your grandparents got divorced there's abuse going back generations and the devil says you know what it's going to run in your family it's going to be in your kids it's going to be in your grandkids God says devil you're going to wish you never opened your mouth I'm going to show myself strong in this family but they're going to be a mighty example of the love of God and the family of God starts the devil has no power to stop it come on let's give a shout of faith in this place come on turn to someone say press in in this place shall we come on Lord there's no doubt we've been affected Lord by your presence so many times some of us have burnt oxen. Yeah. 
sacrificed oxen. Lord, a lot of us here have, Lord, with a passion and a desire, pressed in, fasted and prayed and been hungry. You said, come to me all who are hungry, thirsty. Lord, because that's your people here in Citygate. Hungry people. Passionate people. And today, Father God, we... Lord, we see who we are dependent upon. Lord, we are dependent upon you. That's what Elisha had to realize. No longer Elijah. But the personal anointing that we have in Christ. So Father, today we thank you, Lord, for a a shift in this place. That we walk in the Spirit. Lord, we're people of faith. For we know whom we have believed. And we know that you are able to keep that and fulfill and complete what's begun in us. Father, we thank you that we wear the mantle of only God. The God of the impossible. We wear the mantle, God. That what you start, the devil cannot stop. And we receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give God a shout out.